I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training, and I offer transformational coaching. But that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning, and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life. Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others who inspire us. Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. When Amy and I decide what we're going to talk about each week, one of us makes a suggestion and we have to make sure that the topic really connects and resonates with each of us. And this week's topic really resonates with me. And so when I suggested it to Amy, she agreed. Um, We're going to talk about gratitude. And Amy, I almost feel like making a little caveat before we begin our conversation about gratitude because this word, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's almost as if it's been talked about so much, it feels overdone and people will just gloss over it and think, yeah, yeah, okay, gratitude. I know I need to be grateful. I understand that. But I mean, going very deeply into a practice of gratitude and how surprisingly powerful it can be. Um, What were your thoughts when I suggested this topic this week? What came up for you? I think the same that, that I feel like it is a topic that is talked about quite a bit. My first instinct was, oh, okay, gratitude. And then I started to think about my own practices around gratitude and how gratitude has shown up in my life. And then I thought, yeah, definitely gratitude. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a great reason why wonderful ideas get into the mainstream and, and everybody is talking about it. That's a good thing. You know, the more people that are practicing, the better, especially when it comes to the potentials and the results of practicing gratitude. But as we get into our stories, I think we'll all get a better idea of what we mean when we use this word that may have lost some of its power because of being out there in the ether so often. But the reason that I'm connecting with it so deeply is that life has handed me like it does with all of us, something that we can't control. It's nothing that I'm able to share about at the time and I don't need to. The point is that we are all faced with situations that we weren't expecting, that we can't control, and that knock us off of our center. And I was really succumbing to consistent worries. And it was hard for me to find any peace from my worried mind. And so I looked to the practices that I've cultivated in times when there isn't suffering, because that's the best time to practice those, not when we're in the throes of it, but we gather new tools for our toolboxes throughout our life so that we have them at the ready when we really need them. And and this week, I needed them. And I saw myself and watched myself just going down the rabbit hole of worries and concerns and what ifs and worst case scenarios. And I could feel my, my heartbeat racing and I could feel all of the symptoms of my body going into fight or flight. And so I said, okay, 
what are we going to pull out of the toolkit first deep breath always and then that gives me a minute to decide what else i'm going to do and on this afternoon i decided i'm going to take myself on a walk and just get present because for me i know that that's all i can do when i'm having situations where i feel my mind is spinning is do what i can to notice my surroundings and feel my feet on the ground and feel air on skin and make a point of letting my eyes take in everything that I see so that I'm giving my mind another focal point rather than just these spinning worried thoughts. So I was able to get myself present in Vancouver where we live. There's lots of beautiful places to walk near the water and with tall evergreen trees everywhere. It doesn't take long at all to get yourself into a forest. And so I walked to a nearby forest, Pacific Spirit Park, and was soon not just present, but was able to cultivate this kind of gratitude that we're going to be sharing about today, where on purpose, I was gazing at everything around me with such deep thanks for this beauty, for being able to live where I live, for the luck of being born where I was born. And then it just started cascading, you know, just like a worry feeds worries because the brain is always looking for confirmation of what it's thinking about because I was on purpose bringing in feeling so incredibly thankful for my surroundings it just kept building everything else that I was feeling so appreciative of just came barreling in. And before long, I had transformed my inner state of one that was very constricted and very fearful into an expansive state. And I came to the top of this set of 440 stairs that takes me down to a local beach. And it's a walk that I do a couple of times a week in my regular life. And never have I ever seen this, I guess, conscious graffiti, we could call it. And it's clearly been there for a long time. I'm going to post about it on on my Instagram. I'm gonna share a picture because I did take a picture. As I walk by, this big sign that talked about all the pathway system through this forest written on the post was we are love and like i say i've walked by that dozens and dozens of times and i've just passed right by not to say that i'm always lost in my thoughts but i will use these walks to sometimes catch up with friends on the phone or plan a workshop or contemplate something in my own life but this time I was utilizing the walk for a specific gratitude practice. And it felt like almost an acknowledgement of that practice and somewhat of a reward to, to get this little signpost that I was so present to that we are heart, we are love. And so that just filled me up because by this point, you know, I'm in that expansive state. I'm no longer in the cynical mind. And I headed down those stairs surrounded by beautiful trees, beautiful foliage, down to the wide open beach. There, wasn't, there weren't many people on the beach. And I sat and I just stayed 
as present and as grateful as I could for everything in my life. And again, felt so rewarded by nature because I was so right there. I could see these these little shapes kind of coming out out of the water. And I noticed pretty soon that there was an entire group of sea, seals that were just bobbing up and down and swimming and going into the depths and coming up to the surface. And so I just enjoyed watching that. And we all know that when we experience something that's beautiful or wonderful in nature, that also really opens us up to that place of presence. And so I was able, and I feel just really privileged to have the chance to transform such a worried day into an opportunity where I felt so deeply connected to that bigger part of myself that yoga talks about called Anandamaya Kosha. And I know we're going to get into that a little later in this episode. So that's the story that affected me the most deeply this week and why I wanted to talk a little bit more about this powerful practice here. For me, gratitude, when I was thinking about this topic, I was reminded of practices that my dad would use throughout my childhood. You know, I think I've shared on this podcast, you know, I, my parents adopted a child when I was young who had special needs and we weren't always sure that he was going to survive certain illnesses. So there was always this opportunity for death, you know, to be present and the unknown and how when he would get ill how this how was this going to turn out you know there was a there was a foreboding or scariness every time he got sick that this could be the illness that took his life and i watched my parents go through that each time and they expressed gratitude for all the other things that we had We had a safe home. We lived in a safe neighborhood. We had access to healthcare and great doctors and practitioners who could help, you know, my younger brother through his illnesses. And they were employed and they had great jobs and they had health insurance. And it began to dilute the scariness or the worry around each one of these things as they were able to bring to the surface the things that they were grateful for. And so instead of focusing on each scary thing and having that be so myopic that that was the only thing that that I could see, I began to see all the other things too. Mm -hmm. And my school and my friends and our extended family and on and on and on and on. And So I learned from them, even in scary times, having a practice of gratitude could dilute the scary, frightening things that were coming along and still allow opportunity for happiness or joy, even in the midst of crisis or chaos. Yeah, it doesn't erase anything. It doesn't change anything, but there's an opportunity to hold the space for both. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And one doesn't have to be all consuming. The, you could still have terrible things happen, but that's not the only thing maybe that is happening. Mm-hmm. And the lovely thing about gratitude is we can usually find something to be grateful for, even in the midst of great suffering and pain. You know, even if it's just an, another day arose today, even if it's another breath in, even it's if it's the existence of puppies. You know, <laughs> because they exist. Yes. Just because they exist or or that, that somebody created that piece of music that you love. You know, there there is always something that we can reach for that is about giving thanks. Mm-hmm. So you were modeled this practice. I love hearing that. You got to see that as a really young age. And so that has that become a natural inner resource for you then something that isn't maybe hard to cultivate, but you go to that mindset often? Yeah, I used that mindset quite a bit in my young adulthood. And as I became a parent, you know, my dad had this saying and he would laugh and he would say, well, nobody died. So there's that. And he really believed that it, that, that as long as nobody died, everything was okay. He said that a lot, you know, and he went through a lot of awful things throughout his life. He, you know, has a chronic illness and he lost a business and he is a self-made entrepreneur with everything that comes with that. And he kept this sense to him that as long as someone hadn't died, everything else could be fixed. And I really held on to that as I navigated my own life that yes, bad things happen, but most things can be repaired. Can you think of a a time where you've gone through something and you've been able to shift your experience and open yourself up to a present moment using the practice of gratitude? I have experiences that come to mind for me. You know, I've been divorced. I went through the loss of a business with my parents. I had a sibling that passed away and that, that did change the mantra for my dad that everything was okay as long as somebody didn't die. You know, then my sibling did pass away and that I watched him become untethered because he had held on to that for so long and then that happened. And then I watched him begin to be grateful for the child that he still had here, which was me. He was grateful for still being in a loving relationship with his wife for so many decades. He began to find joy in his grandchildren and in his own health. And that was, that was really special to watch him come out of that darkness after my brother passed away, beginning to see life again, beginning to be grateful for the things that were still here. Even though he had suffered this great loss, he began to find joy again. And I got to witness that. And that was, that was something. 
That's so beautiful to hear part of your legacy. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I come from great stock. My family has gone through tragedy, but is still able to find joy in life. That's such an amazing inner resource because of that belief. I'm sure you've made that true time and time again. Yeah, I, I really do go by that mantra or that thought that nothing is permanent. Everything might work out okay. That there's always something good somewhere. I don't, I haven't been in a situation where there wasn't also happiness or laughter or joy, even when faced with death and loss and chaos. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but you know, I'm trying to think of the experiences that I've had. And part of me feels like it's our Irish culture. We are kind of a doomed lot, you know, and tragedy strikes us and we still survive and we go on and we laugh and we have joy and we love our family and our friends and life and the beauty all around us. And I'm just thinking that that's, that's something that comes through my lineage, comes through my family, my history, my people, I guess, for lack of a better word. The word you used, impermanence, that's one that can also be a practice, is seeing that all around us and surrendering to that. That, you know, yoga teaches us in many of its big classic books that so much of human suffering comes from clinging onto um, permanence and nothing is. There will always be contrast and there will always be change. And so much of yoga is about surrendering to that impermanence and coming more to an acceptance of that. I listened to Noah Levine and he talks about impermanence a lot. And I didn't really grasp it until recently, or I don't know that I even still grasp it, but I touch into it now and again, that really nothing is permanent. Yeah everything is impermanent. And that seems to give me a greater sense of security or safety because nothing is here forever. So why hold on so tight? Yeah, it it is a healing bomb for me when I get stuck in my shoulds and shouldn'ts as a mother. And when I just remember that every single thing about motherhood and, and raising this child is in flux is, and is impermanent. And she is always changing and I am always changing and the relationship is always changing and she will not always be here. And she will not always think that way. And I will not always think this way because history has shown that I am constantly changing. And so has she. So why would I get caught up in the way things are when I know that the only thing that's about to happen is that it will shift in some way? I really like that image of putting your hands in a flowing stream or river and the way to collect water is not with closed fists, but with open palms. Mm -hmm. So you let the water run through your fingers and you don't try to hang on so tight, but allowing your hands to be open returns so much to you. Even the imagery of water is very inspiring, how it just moves around obstacles, right? Mm -hmm. 
There's a lot of inspiring words written about these ideas of gratitude and and surrender and, and impermanence. When I think about practicing gratitude, I think about a book that was that really stuck with me. I'm, I probably mentioned it here, and that's Hardwiring Happiness, written by the psychologist Rick Hansen, and he talks about the brain's tendency to, you know, the negativity bias and how negative experiences are like Velcro and positive experiences are like Teflon, and that is just the way that we're wired. And his idea for countering that wiring is when something sweet does happen, when we witness something beautiful in nature or the laughter of a child or an example of human potential, you know, these moments that bring that tear to our eye, as opposed to just passing it on over and, you know, switching the channel, moving on to the next thing, to the next thought, to the next task, to allow ourselves to really soak up that feeling. And that's, what that walk that I gave myself was about. And that is also a very powerful practice, one that you have to practice because it doesn't come natural to stay with things. What comes natural for us is always that question, what's next? And I like to ask myself, okay, well, what's now? And so that that is something that helps me a lot. And I share that with a lot of clients too, when we have moments where we're just very naturally feeling grateful and appreciative, when we're feeling joy bubble up, when we're feeling experiences of love and tenderness, to notice, what does this feel like in my body? And breathe it in. Imagine that you could actually infuse that feeling of offering thanks into every single cell of the body. Um, And it's a way to hack into the negativity bias and create one for positivity. So have you watched Brene Brown's Netflix special? Not yet. You are like 10th person that has asked me that because (laughs) I love her work so much and Daring Greatly was so inspiring to me. Um, But it's happening. It's happening. Oh, it's so, it's so good. So she talks about gratitude in her Netflix special, but she's, she also talks about it throughout a lot of her work and her lectures and her books and how her research really surprised her that people who described themselves as joyful had an active gratitude practice. And her research showed that it people were not likely to have a joyful life unless they were actively practicing gratitude and they had to actively practice it. And that was surprising to her. And she said by practicing gratitude, it invites joy into our life where when she first started this work, she thought joyful people had a lot to be grateful for. And it was the other way around that by practicing joy, by practicing gratitude, they were inviting joy. They were actually almost manifesting joy in their life. Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And that's right to the heart of yoga and Ayurveda as well. There's always going to be a little yoga and Ayurveda in this podcast. <laughs> that That is right to the heart of it and right to the heart of the koshas, this model that we talk about here often because yoga and Ayurveda sees a human being as this multi-layered being and each kosha or veil 
is there sort of covering up the experiences of our true nature, which we can think is right at the core of each of us. And that's Ananda Maya Kosha. And Ananda is the Sanskrit term for bliss. So it's thought of as the bliss body. It's thought of as the true self with the capital S. And yoga teaches us that gratitude and giving thanks and and asking for help of something greater than us or being inspired by love, anything that opens up a softer, more loving perspective, this is a direct line in to this kosha. And my yoga therapy teacher just recently um, said that it's our birthright to experience this part of ourselves. And when we do witness something that brings us right into the heart of the perfect present moment, that's where some of us will almost feel like we're having a remembering. Some of us, when we come to yoga, when we try any contemplative practice, mindfulness, it's, it's as if we're remembering something. And this is what yoga teaches us, that this place, this experience of happiness without a reason, of deep inner contentment, it's our right to experience it and it's hidden by the way of the mind and it's hidden by what we're attached to and what we worry about. So we don't typically get to touch into it. And so I love what Brene Brown is saying is that gratitude is a direct path to joy and that is the wellspring of joy, Ananda Maya Kosha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is not just, this is not something to gloss over. This, this gratitude word, as much as it's used, this is a powerful practice. Just like any powerful breath technique, just like any other practice, there's so much to be said for this practice because it, it gets you right to the heart of what yogis spent lifetimes creating this science of less suffering, this science of being present, of being able to rest in awareness. Speaking of things that have been written about gratitude, something that I've read in classes that I've focused on this practice is a reading by author Melody Beattie, and I think it sums it up quite nicely. She writes that gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and then more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. I love that. Me too. Let's talk about some real world ways that we can be bringing more gratitude into our day-to-day. So first of all, within a yoga practice, and we offered this together when when we did one of our uh, yoga and Ayurveda workshops, I think it was here in Vancouver, we had a workshop that was based on touching into true nature, into Anandamaya Kosha. And so while we had our guests practicing a fluid, gentle, really breath-based movement practice, we suggested that they were consistently repeating a mantra. We did use an English term. We're 
you know, um, and we use simply thank you. So every inhale, thank, every exhale, you. And spending an hour, 75 minutes, 90 minutes, just allowing the mind to focus on the words thank you, what will naturally occur is so many reasons for being thankful. I also like to use the breath to link into receiving and offering thanks. It's burned into my brain, something that I read in a Deepak Chopra book early in my yoga experience. I I read a lot of his books in the beginning because they were just so um, plentiful. And something that he wrote is, every morning when you wake up, ask only for inspiration and offer only gratitude. And that's really stuck with me. And so I like first thing in the morning, I like to link the inhalation to receiving gratitude. And then that will naturally bring me into making this list of of everything that I feel grateful for. And that really helps me because we wake up in the morning typically with a long list of what we need to do. And that helps me to overcome that. And then I can I'm starting my day feeling a lot better. And we know that when we start our day feeling a lot better, then um, we make choices that continue to sustain that optimally. So one of the things that I do frequently is a Ayurvedic practice called Abhyanga. And as I do that, it's a self oil massage and a meditation. And I will, as I'm doing that, oil massage, I will touch my feet and say, thank you, feet. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for carrying me throughout the day. As I touch my knees, thank you, knees. I'm so grateful that you're still hanging in there with me. You haven't given out yet. And having that tactile and visual and audible experience of actually showing gratitude towards not just my body, but different parts of my body is one of the practices that I have around gratitude. I have practices, if I'm having an experience, say with travel, or I'm somewhere that I'm just overcome with the beauty and the experience of being somewhere and how grateful I am for my life, I'll pick up a rock or a stone or a stick or something small and I'll carry it with me and I'll bring it back. And I have them throughout my house and they're little touchstones, little reminders of these experiences that I've had that have been so beautiful and so life-fulfilling, reminding me of things that I am grateful for. There are things that I have done in the past, such as maybe a gratitude jar. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you just rip up small pieces of paper and you can have a jar or a mug or a glass and, you know, you write down, I'm grateful for my tea. I'm grateful for air conditioning. I'm grateful for my puppy. I'm grateful for my hairdryer. Anything that 
you're so thankful to have in your life and throwing it in the jar. And before you know it, you realize this jar is overflowing with things in your life that comfort you, that you love, that bring you joy, that are beautiful. And you can see this jar just begin to fill and overflow. That reminds me of a a more visual version of the appreciation rampage from the world of the law of attraction. And what I do like about that concept is that I do agree when we're feeling open and loving and, and grateful, it does feel like we're attracting more of the same, but I just think that we're, we're noticing, you know, if we're living a life, if we're in our practice of gratitude, we are actively noticing more to be grateful for and our lives then just feel more full and we feel more content and overjoyed. So I do think it's helpful, especially if we find that the mind is spinning in repetitive negative tapes and we become aware of that because you know awareness is always the first step and that in itself is, can be a challenge. But if we notice that our thoughts are fear-based, the, the idea of this is to always to be unlearning this fear and this scarcity and to be returning as much as we can into the heart and in returning as much as we can into kindness and compassion, receptivity and love and speaking to ourselves kindly as we would to our beloveds. And so that is the part um, that I like about this whole law of attraction is getting yourself into a softer, kinder, more receptive state and an appreciation rampage is a quick way to feel that lift. Same thing. You open up a journal, just grab a piece of paper, and you just start writing everything that you appreciate. And one thing feeds into another. And when I've done it, I, I start to feel almost excited, you know, just not just grateful and content, but then a level of excitement about my life. And when I need to motivate myself, when I when I have a lot going on, that can really help fuel that. So that's been helpful for me. And then something that I do, because I can definitely be prone, like so many women, <laughs> to be really hard on myself about what I'm achieving each day. And that's just, I'm, I'm just very conditioned to want to check off a lot of those items on the to-do lists and feel accomplished by the end of the day. And so sometimes I'll find myself in the day rushing through tasks and almost this level of constriction and sometimes even this level of irritation and um, depending on what's going on and depending on the mood, like there can, I can notice myself feeling irritated and resentful about tasks around the house. And yeah, that'll happen from time to time for sure. And I don't always notice and I don't always catch myself. But if I catch myself replaying some tapes that are not helping my dog, that are not helping me to feel, yeah, Bowie, that, just like that. <laughs> but if I catch myself having thoughts that are not helpful to me or members of my family, then I'll slow down and I'll start to find gratitude even in the mundane. So if I'm washing dishes, I'll check myself and I'll take a moment to feel so grateful to have this amazing running water right there uh, at the tap. 
And I'll feel so grateful to have a fridge full of food and to have the abundance that we have when I'm doing laundry and and picking things up that have been left around. You know, taking that moment to shift into feeling grateful to have it in the first place, that helps me stay present with those tasks that I might not deem joyful, but I can shift them into service from my heart rather than feeling constricted and having it be an obligation. So I did some research on gratitude also when we were preparing for this podcast. Ooh, so official. I know. Some people need statistics or actual research to encourage them to change their habits. And there was a a psychology research study done in 2014 that showed those who practice have regular gratitude practices had improvement in their physical health reported fewer aches and pains they were more likely to exercise enjoyed a higher well-being and happiness and reported reduced symptoms of depression their sleep was improved especially for those who had a gratitude practice before bedtime. It enhanced their self-esteem and caused them to behave with more empathy and sympathy. Yes, 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 yes. When I get into cycles where I remember to do that, it does help me to sleep. And I feel like I wake up in the morning feeling more rested and more positive when I've gone to bed, listing everything that I'm grateful for. So helpful. Uh, I loved hearing some of the practices and reminding myself, you know, we're, we're usually teaching what, what we need to remember. And I think in this podcast, we're also talking about topics that, that we want to remind ourselves. So helpful, helpful. I've loved talking to you about this today. Yeah, such a good reminder for me. And we'd love to hear from you. Um, reach out to us on Facebook and ask to be invited in the private Radiant Warrior Community. We're in there and we're continuing the conversations and offering practices. And we'd love to hear your appreciation rampages or the ways in which gratitude has shifted a state for you or even what you're grateful for. I'm grateful for you. Well, we should, let's say in this moment, you know, what, what is going on in our life that we feel that we feel gratitude for. I'd love to end with our own little rampage of appreciation. And of course, I was going to say the same thing. There's been so much beauty. There's been so much beauty that has come from my friendship with you. And I love the way you see the world. I'm very inspired by you. Every single conversation, you're someone to count on. And there's no, there's just no drama with you. You know, you have an open heart and strong boundaries and I appreciate you so much. Oh, and I appreciate you. You're so creative and loving and giving and you see beauty everywhere and you inspire beauty. And I just love this partnership that we have created together. Me too. And I need to say in this moment, it's my husband who edits this show for us weekly. (laughs) (laughs) And we are recording it on the day of our 20th wedding anniversary. So I want to say that I am so grateful for this man in my life. And I 
I'm so grateful for where we are right now, just both so supportive of of each other. And um, yeah, I feel very, very, very lucky to have his balance. Mm, well, happy anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So it's, yeah, it's getting to evening time. So it's time for us to go and start celebrating together. But I have loved, as always, spending this time with you. Mm. And I look forward to the episodes we have coming up over the next couple of months and good things ahead. Yes, I'm excited. All right. Love you, my friend. All right. Love you too. Have a great evening. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.